Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Committed to standing out from the crowd? Jump into your next Mini at Berwick Mini Garage. The Run Home with Andy and Gazy. That's right, it is uh, The Run Home on this very, very lovely Tuesday afternoon in Melbourne town, 27th day of February. Where has February gone, Andrew Gaze, as I say? <laughs> Good afternoon to you. Thank you. Thank you yet again to the, uh, to the pipe for a magnificent, uh, for a magnificent uh, afternoon. Yeah, well done, Pipe, and uh, good afternoon to you, Andy Mark. There he goes. Ta-da. See you later. Drive safely. Uh, delighted to be here yet again, and you're spot on. It is absolutely perfect out there today. Maybe a few degrees hotter than what we'd like, but um, a beautiful conditions. It's great to be alive, and uh, certainly fantastic to be in your company, albeit via the um, yeah, online. No. The, uh, you haven't been fakest. able to shake the uh, the vid. Well, no, it's all gone, mate. There's no uh, <laughs> there's no uh, side effects. It's just the uh, faintest of second lines. Which uh, I know what you're going I through. I did the te- I did the test this morning mm. and watched the little pink or uh, purple you, ink rise up the cylinder. And you think you're home? Well, the the, the, the line that that's f- solid, and there's no second line. I'm right. I'm right yeah. as rain. Five minutes. Five min. Make myself a cup of coffee. <laughs> go down, read the paper. <laughs> Go back to put the coffee in Spot the Spot on. The old thing's still there. And there's a half an hour later and there's a faint line yes. that's popped up. No, I know. Uh, hey, these are the things you've got to deal with, Andy, but it's uh, good on you for just uh, caring about everyone else's uh, health you. and safety and just Thank isolating you. yourself at home. And um, and there's still plenty going on, though. Well, uh, Gazy, Gazy, mm-hmm. I can't wait. In about half an hour's time, Peter Sumich is going to join us. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have been, uh, okay, I, f- I fell for the uh, Joshy Gallup uh, fake back page last week. You in have. West Australian. Mm-hmm. Because I am very, we are uh, very attuned to the over um, public, uh, the, the over publicising in the West of Harley Reid. And we're very much just let the kid breathe and let him find his feet before we start wrapping him up. And the West Australian are um, all over the joint. Yep. He's clearly moving some units and all the rest of it. Well, about an hour ago, news <laughs> breaks that Peter Sumich, who's a much-loved uh, commentator out in the West. Superstar as well. Well, superstar mm-hmm. of the West Coast Eagles Football Club, of course. Uh, a, a, and and, a, and a, a, a heavily read columnist with the West Australian, which is their uh, daily newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's unclear whether he's been sacked or he has quit mm-hmm. uh, the newspaper because he wanted to write something that was less than... Um, overtly flattering about Harley Reid. And after all of these years, mm-hmm. Summer, out the door. Ta-da, see you later. Not in keeping 
with editorial uh, policy of the newspaper mm. and you're going to write some, say something negative about the number one draft pick. Well, it wasn't even uh, that negative, Andy. If you read some of the quotes that he was going to run with, it was uh, certainly speaking quite fondly about Harley Reid, but just concerned about uh, the exposure that he was getting and the way in which they were building this kid up. So if anything, if you read between the lines, which I commonly do, and sometimes I don't always come with the... May I say, at this point, you do it very well. (laughs) Well, Peter Sumich, reading between the lines, he was fully confident that this kid's going to be a terrific player, but... um, when he, the comparisons to C. Judd were being uh, made, he just wanted to just tell the, the uh, Western Australian fan base, and in particular those of the Eagles, just to calm the farm ever so slightly because he was there in those uh, formative years of, of C. Judd. C. Judd. And that's <laughs> a bit late, but anyway. Um, and um, and he said, just, just pause ever so slightly because from what he has seen, he's not quite... See Judd, okay, we're, C. Not, Judd. we're not all on the same page just yet. Not quite see okay. Judd uh, because see Judd was one of the well, box, just a freak of nature. That's true, absolutely. Um, and then the, the editors there said, we're not, well, we don't want to deal with that. You need to just uh, shelve that story. And to his credit, I suppose, P. Sumich has said, uh, well, I'm out of here. Oh, well, I need we'll full and complete a license to uh, express my opinions or else I'm ta-da. And well, they said, well, ta-da. So that's where we're at. Well, we'll, we'll have a chat. To that's extraordinary. Us. It's, a, it's a bizarre situation. And uh, we'll, we'll mm. have a chat to Pete when he hey. joins us later. Harley Ra- now, Hayley Razo was only available, we need to point this out, Yes. Uh, at one o'clock for a pre-record. Mm. And, of course, with the big game tomorrow night and mm. her status and that team's status in the Australian sporting landscape mm-hmm. right now, of course, we were going to say, yes, we would love to have a chat to Hayley Razo. Yes. But because I'm not allowed in the studio at this particular point in time, you and Julio we conducted did. the interview. So we'll play that later on in the mm. show uh, as well. And uh, Daniel Gale, now you and I, have you watched Daniel Gale play? Yes, I have. I saw yep. it in the tournament, what was it? Last uh, week. Uh, last week. Yes. Yeah. He's got a very funky, unusual golf swing. He Is it a bit of game. Jimmy Furyk about it? Well, there's something about it. It's a bit stop-start mm. and it's a bit comes inside and outside <laughs> and low and high and all sorts of stuff. But he yes. clearly plays the game his own way. Mm-hmm. He's turned it up in the New Zealand Open starting Thursday. I'm fascinated to talk to this bloke because you know very well that the more you watch golf and the more you play golf, the more people, particularly the highest level mm-hmm. or the elite level of the game, there's very little between. A lot of these swings look almost identical now. They've all got to get them on That's play right. and you don't want to take it over the top. Mm-hmm. And all this. Well, Daniel Gala said, nah, stuff that. I'm playing my way. Mm-hmm. and um, Which is what Jim Furyk did. Spot on. And you know what? He uh, went, was picking schools to go to when he was going to university. And he, he picked the school that he eventually chose. I can't remember which one it was with the assistance of his dad was the one that wasn't going to change his swing. His dad actually went and sat in on all the recruiting meetings and said, no, no, no. If you're going to change his swing, we're not going to be a part of it. So he eventually went to a school that allowed him to swing that way and uh, what a wise choice that was because he went on to have a fantastic career. So we'll chat to Daniel about that in the lead up to that event and uh, a whole lot of other stuff. Plenty of time for you to join in today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It is the tradies hour for Ace mm. Gutters, Australian made, built to last. And we're here for Berwick BMW, committed to standing out from the crowd, jump into your next mini 
at Berwick Mini Garage. And I just need to have a... Because the boys... I got up and played golf this morning myself, Andy. And um, uh, on the way in, Gary Lyon has bespurched my very, very strong um, reputation. And, uh, and, and a word that's just come to mind, impugned. Impugned my character because the, the suggestion that, you know, I don't drink coffee. Well, he's come in here and it made just these outrageous accusations against me. Theft. That, that I'd used his plunger, I'd taken his coffee and was just saying that I was, and then Tim Watson popped in, piped in and suggested that I might be a little frugal from time to time and wasn't prepared to actually go and purchase the coffee, which you absolutely know that that is not the you case. You are the first man to put his hand in his pocket. Thank much, you. Much over the journey, much to my surprise, because I had heard stories about you. Well, they were false. It's, it's not proving to be the case. Thank you. Very generous. Well, G-Line, and maybe it's on the back of some of the back and forth we had uh, last week, he was just outrageously making these accusations when I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Didn't touch his coffee. Didn't use his plunger. And he was, um, like I said, making these uh, accusations were very, very hurtful. So, is, there um, is there evidence of this or have you just, you just sort of putting it out? You haven't got any of the audio cut? Well, I don't want to bring all. in, and, and, but it was clearly found that he'd well, made, okay. he'd, now he'd well, made an error. Okay. So uh, made an error. Because it was Sam Edmund, was it? I think it was that uh, that actually came on and said, "No, you you made it." Did I get an apology? Did I get? Oh, well, I'm I sorry. So. No, I would have thought so because Gary's a man of. You know, well, you would think so. No, he is. He is. Well, you know what I got? Donuts. Well, nothing. Well, well they're they're back on tomorrow morning, so I, I would you know I know he's probably busy on the farm oh. at the moment. And, um, you know, it's getting pretty. Going to be a big couple of days for the for farmers tomorrow with the extreme heat that we've gotten. Uh, there's been some warnings put out today. Yeah, so Fonzie about area, it. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, be careful, and if you need to make precautions, uh, take precautions for tomorrow. Then by all means. But I, I imagine Gary, the minute he uh, puts the tools down, Keith, mm. we'll, we'll be reflecting on his behaviour this morning, and wow. um, and he's on tomorrow. So I would think that he would uh, there would be an apology forthcoming. I would have thought uh, so, but I, I was just uh, very disappointed. And... No, I understand that. I totally understand it. Um, I've got a question for you, and I don't often encourage you to do basketball early in the show, but, I, but I've, I've been reading about, uh, and you told me, I, I was a bit dubious about this Chet Holmgren fellow. Uh, well, that's right. For the, for the OCT. And, and <laughs> OKC you told, Thunder. You to, Oklahoma City Thunder, yes. OCT. You told me, no, no, forget he's going to be a good player. And I said, oh, I don't know, there's something about him. Anyway... He's created a bit of history in the he National did. Basketball Association. He's the first rookie, to, and I know you'll say that he's mm. not really because he didn't play last year. But anyway, no, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. Yes, he is um, a rookie. For, he's the first rookie to have a hundred three pointers and a hundred blocks in a season. Mm. Now that, that's there's been a lot of rookies. Mm. There's been a lot of rookies playing the NBA uh, before Chet Holmgren, and uh, he's the first one to do that. Now it's obscene for me to even ask this question. I would suspect because. The raps on the other bloke are so big, mm. and he's not doing anything wrong, and he's probably going to win. Webb and Yama. Uh, mm. Who would you have? You can only have one of those two mm. on your squad oh. now for the oh. next twelve years. Oh, who you this got? Is... Who you got? Well, and I'm, I'm going to hold you to account here because we are going to play yes. the game out on an annual basis. In fact, maybe on a on a on a monthly basis from now on to see who evolves into the better player, Holgren well, or Wembenyama. 
Well, I think we're going to have to wait some time because I, I think the difference between the two is not great. But I do believe that Victor Wembanyama will ultimately, ultimately, oh, gee, even as I'm saying this, I, I feel oh, like I'm right. saying the wrong thing. But I'm going to back Victor Wembanyama to have the better career, but not by a lot. They're both going to be stars. They're both going to have a profound impact on the league and on their teams. But I just think that extra couple of inches, and an extra couple of inches can make a big, big... No doubt, no doubt about that, Andrew. Can make no a big doubt. difference Massive in the way in which you can contribute. And we've seen that uh, what he's been capable of doing in, in recently. It's going to be an interesting one. Of, I think Victor Wemiyama is ultimately going to win Rookie of the Year. But mm. it's, it's only because of the circumstance of time that uh, Chet Holgram is not going to get uh, get the Rookie of the Year because he's a star. He is a, he is a superstar. They are both superstars in the making. And to, to have guys of this size that can do the thing, they both can shoot the three, they both can handle the ball. And um, it, it's just a delight to watch. And we're privileged to see an era of these types of players coming through uh, that are, are making that impact. And I actually so, helping... Yep. To, to bring it back to a domestic level, the success that those two players are having is helping Alex Saar and his stocks. Because Alex Saar with the Perth Wildcats, he's seven foot uh, and, and has got that same type of can not, shoot the not, three. Not to the same me. level, not to yeah, the no. same level. But right now, when you think of his potential, because he's still, what is he, 19? He's still got a long way to go that they're looking at those types of players now. It's 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 an advancement on the Kevin Durant's of the world that uh, can because of the size and the way in which they can put it to the floor and do those things. It is it's a special time, Andy. So you'll stick with Wembenyama. I am going uh, to stick with Wembenyama, but, but not with as not with the uh, no. not with as much uh, daylight between the two of them as some might imagine. No. And, and is LeBron starting to let himself down a bit with Bronny? I was reading a bit about this before he came well, on Bronny, today. Mm. Bronny's dropped out of. Uh, he's not going to be going to the NBA next year. It looks like he's going to be out for another year. And he's not on the draft boards. That's why no, he wouldn't be yeah. going. And the That's minute right. he gets on the draft board, I think that they will, he'll be going. So at a minute, less likely. But it's less likely than more likely now. Is that is, am is, I reading that right? Oh, I can't unless there's other factors in play. Just purely on the performance, he's averaging about five points a game at USC. I think that he's shooting it at um, low mid thirties, at three point percentage below thirty. Well, it's no, it's, it's not, not even. He, he's he's not there where he needs to be, and I think that he'll stay another year. But um, you never know because there could be other factors that come into play when you're talking about what his dad brings to the table, and if his dad is motivated to to continue to play. And the opportunity to play with his son, which has been rumoured to be a big part of. We might have to stay in the league for a little bit longer. That's well, the point that people are starting to uh, extrapolate out of Bronny's form line this year. Well, it could be one of those things if you're... He's got an option with the Lakers. Mm. And he said, well, you know what? I'm, I'll take this option if you can find a way to get my son into the team. Then he will go. Then he will probably move on. Now, I don't think he would do that. Because if you read his recent comments, it was all about the grind and putting the work in. And if he's going to encourage his kid to do that, which he should, then I think that it's unlikely that he's going to use that type of 
power that he has, but he does have that type of power. Well, we'll see where it goes. Uh, look, we've got to get to the break. Um, Peter Sumich, you're 20 minutes away from joining us. As we go to that, I haven't heard this, and uh, it sounds like many of the audience haven't either. And, uh, they want to hear what Gary and Tim was saying about you this morning on breakfast. So oh, I was playing to... golf, so I've heard it secondhand, but, geez, oh, okay, what right, I heard let's... was was right, just let's... really disappointing. Well, let's have a listen as we go to the break. Impugned my reputation. And if there's any bits and pieces we need G to pick there up well. off, off the back of, uh, we'll do that when we return. There's a dirty, rotten, stinking um, thing of coffee sitting there with a dirty, rotten, stinking cup of Andrew Gaze next to it. That's right. He's pinched your coffee. He pinched, not only did he pinch your coffee, he pinched the coffee, our, our coffee plunger. He pinched the plunger and our coffee. Well, I'm not allowed to have a crack And he's so tight that last time I had a crack at him, it got a bit ugly. So you, yep. I'll leave it up to you. I'll speak to him privately. Yeah. I'll, give him, I'll give him one last chance. Are you going to give him a chance? Well, I've hidden it away now, so they won't <laughs> be able to find it. Right, that's the first time. Geez, you cooled down a bit. Well, yeah, geez, I, I, I came before. in hot this morning. Said some because... things about him being the tightest man in the world. Well, he is all that. That's true. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. Just trying to do some uh, very sharp work for the network. And uh, I'm an old man, and the, the, the point one font is just not cutting it for me. But, Andy, every now no, and again, hard, hard work for you, there's certain things that the uh, <laughs> forms the cockles of your heart. And the way that the uh, Temper family is just getting around me in regards to the uh, Tim and Gary situation. And, I, I you know, Gary just having a crack. And then Tim jumping on. Now, I... He's talking, there, there is certain things that you'll cop from people. But a man that's got his first dollar, that has not shouted anything, and a freebie of any sort comes in, even if he doesn't want it, he's grabbing the extra couple of bags and taking it home with him. To call me tight. I mean, this is beyond ridiculous. I caught that from, from uh, a few others, but, geez, not from the wisp. My well, goodness, the t- tight, look up tight ass in the dictionary and there's the wisp with it, with his little comb over going on. Unbelievable stuff. All right. I think you've said quite enough now. I'm cautioning you at uh, this particular point in time to just leave it where you have left it right oh, now. Oh, but Andy, right? come on. You've been no, no, there. No. You, you work with Tim as well, mate. Come I on. just think you leave it where I think leave it where it is. Some and, of the stories uh, you told me about him, and hopefully, um, hopefully, <laughs> you know, wiser heads will prevail right. from this point forth. Hey, every now and again, I, this Pat Lipinski Harry Shuzel exchange from the practice match when they went up to each other. Yes, start again. Did you happen to see it? Uh, no, I mentioned it to, to Julio, and, and right. I think he's got the grab because I. I and the, the reason I, I uh, mentioned it to Julio because I was thinking of our man Kane. And whether uh, whether or not – I was just trying to think how he would respond to an interaction. Uh, have we got the audio? Yeah, we have. An so interaction. It was, the, it, was, yeah, it was the match simulation. It was, yeah. It's not a proper game, obviously. But, but no, this, no. Is, this is the exchange between Lipinski and Sheasel uh, during their um, match simulation last week. Harry, how are you, Matt? Okay, yeah. Good. Luck. You too. Put on the flag. Oh, yeah, cheers. Well on your season, mate. Unreal. There you go. I think it's beautiful. A little, little bit of love for one another. Pat on the back from Lipinski, who's been around the uh, mm-hmm. block a couple of times. And I think we all we all regard it with a great uh, deal of uh, respect what Sheezel was able to produce last year and look forward to what's to come. Well, he's paying homage to a, to a guy who's been a part of a flag. And, and I think that that's, you know what that is? That's class. 
there's nothing. No one in their right mind is going to have any issues with any of I that. I wouldn't have thought so. Under some, under no circumstances. What What about if it was? Oh, would this actually would not worry me if it was opening round and that very quick exchange took place, and then you full. hit it and you go full on. Well, ha- now there are others. Like- sorry, Andy, but there are no. others that uh, believe that. Oh no, you've got to you've got to have a certain tone about yourself and a certain demeanour in order to play and respect the game. Now, I, I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. No, neither do I, Shags, but some <laughs> people do. Uh, Matty's in Ascot Vale. He's got a quick question for you. Fire away, Matthew, son. All right, guys. Now, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Gazy versus Gaza in the <laughs> ring. This is the only way you're going to stop his behaviour. Well, actually, Gaz... Although he had a bit of a dip, I, I thought Watto was the one that coming in making these very, very harsh allegations. Um, oh, and well, again, maybe... impugned. It's a word. There's a G in there. But impugned my reputation. I don't think we're going to get there, Matty. I know you're chipping away and uh, you get another golden opportunity to sort of encourage the uh, the warrior legends uh, <laughs> to get inside the ropes and, and take each other on. But I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, um, I'm all for it, by the way. Not that I'd be watching mm. it or paying any money to go because I'm not into that sort of exhibition stuff. But I think it might give these these warring greats the opportunity just to sort it out and uh, leave oh, it in the ring once and for all. But gutted. The team I think it's going to happen. Um, and no Peter apology. Simmons to join us in the next half hour. Don't even drink coffee. I want to talk about Jack Crisp and and the the player. There's been reaction to Jack Crisp not not being in Robbo's uh, top 50. Always is a player or two. Oh, he's a high-quality player. We're not in the top 50. There's been a fallout and a reaction. I want to have a chat about that after. Okay. 29 minutes to four. Great to have you with us this Tuesday afternoon. I'm sure most of you are aware of the fact we've been waiting for confirmation, Keithy, about the uh, extent of the Cam Guthrie injury. It's going to be... At least two months of that quad tendon uh, injury sustained in that mm-hmm. uh, simulation game against the Blues last week for Cam Guthrie. So, uh, no good. No good that he's going to miss at least two months of the season. That is a setback. Massive setback. Particularly on the basis that he's missed so much already. And you have another yep. significant injury that he's got to deal with. Must be very frustrating. So, so the, the, the Robbo, the Mike, whoever's doing the top 50, uh, it's great fun and it's hard work if you're putting it together. I, got, I, wouldn't, I, don't envy those, I don't envy those who are charged with the or take on the responsibility to do it. it it's incredibly difficult. Cause, well, it's branching um, out too, Andy, because today in the age we see the, uh, the top 20 young players I did so, by yes. Mark McGowan, who has uh, is, is put forward his emerging stars. So, so, so that, that is, it does, it does yep, yep. move out to other areas as well. Everyone, everyone's having a crack. Mm. Uh, but, it, but it's the top 50. That's the, that's the top of the pops when it comes to this sort of stuff. And uh, it, it is the one that gets fans a little bit rolled up. And I, I did notice a bit of feedback last night as I kind of scrolled through the uh, various social media platforms that I uh, subscribe to that uh, Jack Crisp uh, was uh, was one name that was, come on, what's going on? What does this bloke have to do? Two-time best and fairest. That's a good point. Three other times in the top three. Uh, premiership player, best player in the finals campaign. What's he got to do to get into the top 50? He is completely and uh, routinely uh, underrated. Uh, and My this word. is yet another example of that being the case. So, uh, it, look, it's not... 
it's not unique and it's not the first time this has taken place. But who else is? When, when, like, Collingwood supporters are clearly of the view that unless you're one of us um, and, you don't, and, you watch him and you're not watching him week in, week out, you don't know how good this bloke is. Uh, so who are the others that at your club the rest of the competition fails to see? They are chronically and annually undervalued. Uh, by others in the uh, in in the competition, whether they be scribes writing these sorts of things, or fans who are going to the game, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Send through your temper text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Clearly, Collingwood supporters think it's Jack Crisp. I'd, I'd like well, to hey, Andy, on on that one, if you're going to compare it to the top fifty that uh, Robbo or or any top fifties, yep, yep, some, yep. I think it's also important that if you say that uh, Jack Crisp's got to be in there. No, I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he Well, but if there. someone is saying that, yeah. I think it's yeah. important that they they say, well, who are you going to take out? Because well, that's what you, do. you can't fit them all in. That's what you've got to do. And, and, then, and then I'd like to, as a little aside to Collingwood supporters before, I'd like to get yours from Hawthorne, and I'll give you one from Carlton, and I wouldn't mind getting some calls on this, but what I'd like people, Collingwood supporters to do, and I know some Collingwood supporters would like to have, Ten Collingwood players in the top fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they all deserve to be in there. They're all champions. But where is in the depth chart at Collingwood? Where's Jack Crisp? How many is he? Is he in the top three at Collingwood? Is he in the top five? Is he in the top eight? If you're mm, a Collingwood okay. supporter and you're ranking the depth chart at Collingwood, how far down that list That's of players a good question, do you have to go Andy. before you get to Jack Crisp? Mm, you don't because, go far, I don't think. Well, okay. Josh Dacos is he above Jack Crisp? I'm just going through last year's BNF. <laughs> is Josh Dacos ahead of him? No, uh, in Nick my Dacos judgment, is, is Nick, Nick Dacos, Dacos, I think, is, is a little Braden bit. Maynard ahead of him? Uh, probably. Is Scott Pendlebury ahead of him? No, but it's it's a transition to different state. But right now, I guess. Is Steel Sidebottom ahead of him? <laughs> all right. Is Darcy Moore ahead of him? Okay, you've made your point. Is Isaac right, Quain all ahead of him? No. Is Jordan, is Jordan Ngoi ahead of him? Yeah. But he, but you, you but it's, when you say they're ahead of him, it's hard when you compare well, yeah, different but roles. Jamie Elliott and, better than I understand, but if you're just going to pick a player, you're talking about a team that's the, just won the I flag too, no, so they've got to have a lot of high quality players. Well, this is what I'm getting at, mate. Like he's they're, they're not necessarily lot... better or worse. They're just in that group of you got to group them. I think no, but this is what you do when you put a top fifty together. You are saying this player is better than that player. Player number one is better than player number two. Player number two, in your opinion, is better than player number three. Yeah, you are. You're so, you, you know, you have to make that call. I mean, is, uh, let me get, put it in basketball parlance. Mm. Uh, uh, and I wish, uh, is, is, is Jalen Brown better than Jason Tatum? Uh, no. Uh, that's right. He's not actually. No. I don't know why I mentioned that. No. no he's paid more example. right now. That's just, a, does, but just the timing of contracts. Yeah. No, mm. he's not no but I get your no point. I think, you you're under, I think your, your, your point is valid. But we in a, the bigger list with such diverse roles like you have in the game of football, I think mm. that you you kind of just group them in groups of three or four, and you don't say that, that well here these guys are all of this this value, and then these this group is of this well, value. In a, in a perfect world where you don't ruffle anyone's feathers, Keith, that's what you would do. But clearly, Collingwood supporter feathers have been ruffled mm. with the omission of Jack Crisp. Mixing airport. Let's whip through a few because Peter Sumich is going to join us. Uh, who have you got? Who's routinely undervalued or underestimated, Mickey? G'day, boys. Um, so I've I got two. I've got Isaac Quainall. He's very under, 
on the way up, so I reckon he'll be... Let's see how deep he gets into a top 50 by the time he's the uh, fully finished product, Mickey. Barry's in Rye. Uh, Jimmy, nice down there today. Who, who you got for us, Baz? Barry. Hello. <laughs> Bazza. Barry. Mm, nah, he's no, gone. He gone. He gone. He gone. Daniel's in Lang Warren, just down the road from... Sort of go down that way, down through Hastings, and you'll mm. get to the sort of Lang Warren area from Rye. Uh, who have you got for us, Daniel, oh, son? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Who have you got for us, Daniel? Yes. Oh, blimey. What's going on here today? Hello. No, he's right, he's right he's there. No, oh, Dan- hello, Daniel. No, we're on delay, I think. Oh, I think he's there. Hello, Daniel. Yeah, guys, you got me. Yeah, got you now. Got, got you now. Too. I think just yes. Andy's in another location, so it's no, just that bit of a delay. Me. Don't be blaming me. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be quick, gents. So, yeah, I've got a, I've got a top five there. Jack Crystally makes it. Uh, top 50, I haven't read through it yet. But I'll go up the top here. The Goey, Pendlebury, Nick Dacos, Jack Crisp, Isaac Claner. No Darcy, no Darcy Moore in your top five. Look, it's, it's a hard squeeze, boys. Of course it is. Oh, gee, Jack Crisp has just been an incredibly versatile player, midfield, halfback, and... We obviously know his yep. game record with, with the consecutive games he's played. So I love him, mate. He's in, he's in my life. No, he's a beauty. No, he's a star. He's a beauty. You've got him higher than uh, Darcy Moore, which is uh, outstanding. And, and Keith, I think Daniel's picked up a prize for that. If you want oh, he has. Hey, Daniel, yeah. stay on the, the line. Uh, you've won a Samsonite Marcus Eco backpack. And check this out. It's valued at 249 That's Beautiful. what we deliver here at the Peter, run home. Peter Sumich up next. So, Keith, the, the headline read, Legend quits newspaper after being barred from Reed criticism. We yes. understand the infatuation over in the West with Harley Reed, and we wish the kid all the very best. Uh, we want him to have a magnificent career, and hopefully it's a long and successful one at the West Coast Eagles. But that headline screamed something to us over here on the East Coast that wasn't great. We wanted to know who the legend was. Of course, it's Peter Sumich, who was a magnificent football, two-time premiership player for the West Coast Eagles and a legend of South Fremantle. When you think the West, you think Peter Sumich. And he is the legend that's been barred from Reed criticism. And um, he's been good enough to join us on the show to tell us what the hell happened. Uh, Suma, thanks for your time, mate. We appreciate you joining us. No worries. Thanks, Andy. Um, hopefully you're having a good afternoon. Beautiful. Well, we are, but to just, what's ha- what's, just give us the story. What happened? Um, oh, look, I, I was riding for the West last year. Um, and doing the, the player rankings after every game for Fremantle and West Coast and, and writing an article every Thursday. And, look, it was going well. It was something that I always wanted to do and see if I could achieve that. And uh, I thought I was pretty good in that area. I, I You know, you still got a lot to learn. It's very hard to come up with stories week in, week out. But um, it, it, it was great. Um, and I was going to continue on this year and um, did a couple of articles, boys, and... Then just before I, I went away, I went to the U.S. with Glenn Jakovic. We went to the Super Bowl. So um, mm, that's that was fun. A, a great experience. And then um, I wrote this article on Harley Reid because the West has been pumping this kid up <laughs> unbelievably. And I, I, I actually feel for the kid. I, I thought to myself, come on, he, he, 40 days of writing Monday to Friday. And I reckon 30 days 
would have been him on the back page. And <laughs> I thought, geez, the ball hasn't even bounced yet. And and what I've seen of the kid, I I thought, and they were comparing him to Chris Judd, and and I, you know, I, I wrote the story about. He's no Chris Judd. Mm. I, I was there when Chris Judd got drafted at West Coast. I was there when he played his first game, his second game, he, you know, his first 30 games. And, mm. and I haven't seen anyone since play like Chris Judd ever and um, at that age. And mm. um, I just said in the article, which I forwarded on to the West, that um, this kid's no Chris Judd. He's going to be a very good player. Don't get me wrong. This kid's going to be very, very good. But don't put him in the Chris Judd category. And he's still got a bit to learn. He's still got a little bit of puppy fat. He's a country boy uh, on him. He's got to work through that over the first two years of pre-seasons and get fully fit and all that type of stuff. And the West knocked it back. And I says, all right, well, that's the case. I'm out of here if I'm going to get told, you know, what to do in that sense or, or not allowed to put certain things in, which I didn't think was over the top. So I thought, nah, I'll um, give it a miss. Well, that is that is unbelievable, and uh, I can understand. You, you, it is quite extraordinary when you hear it like that that you'd be censored in that way. And and as I was reading some of the the quotes uh, about the the article, it seems like you, you you were still being very positive about the upside. And and my mistake in saying, well, you're not saying that he can't turn into a a, a superstar, but he just doesn't have the same trajectory as Judd in those first few years. Is that about where we're at? Do you just think he needs a bit more time? Yeah. Andrew, you're 100% right. I, I just think the kid needs more time. He might be one of those kids that at the age of 20, 21, you might see him blossom and, and play well. The other thing is, you know, West Coast aren't going that well, boys. Um, I don't know about their development program. So that's the other thing you've got to take into account. West Coast, unfortunately... Um, are on the bottom, and I, I can't see him moving too far this year. And and the kid's going to be stunted a bit. Whether if he was at a a club that was mid range slash in the eight slash top four, his development would be better. There's no doubt about that because you're surrounding yourself around better players. And and whereas West Coast are in that development phase, and unless you're an exceptional player. Um, you're mm. going to get lost a little bit. And that's where I just see it at the moment. He, he, he might get lost for 12 or 24 months. And like I said, he's going to be a great player. Don't, mm. You know, I'm not, I've never said that in the article that I flicked off to the West, that he wasn't going to be a good player. He's going to be a champion player. But, hey, don't, don't, don't pump him up where you're going to really force a kid out of WA. That's the other yeah. thing that yeah. I was well, it's, yeah. afraid of, that... You're going to force him out of WA because he's, he's got too much pressure on him already. He's on Pete. the back page of the West today <laughs> with a crown on his head. And he's like King Reed. And oh, jeez. Again, they, they put... And the kid had five or six touches on the weekend. Mm. And, you know, got found out a little bit uh, uh, with the Nat Fice and the Brayshaws and the Sarongs who were very good against him. And then they put him on the back page and he's got a crown on his head. Like King Harley, and I'm going. What's going on? Does it say something, hey, Pete? Does it say something about the general insecurity of the West Coast Eagles at the moment? Does it does it say something about where they are in terms of their own self-esteem? And you know, the, we know they've got enormous control in that part of the world and enormous influence, perhaps more than control. But 
does it say something bigger uh, than all of that? Yeah, look, and I, I'm I'm feeling for the I love the club, and you know mm, that on, on the west coast, you know, blue and gold through and through, and I'm just shattered the way they're going at the moment, and I think a lot of people are, but like you said, the influences and what's going around at the moment, it, it doesn't look like there's going to be much change, and that's the hard part that I think the fans are going to be stunned a little bit this year again. And, um, you know, West Coast are a powerful club. And they will get out of this. I think Don Pike is the right man as the CEO to, to get them out of this. Um, but that's going to take time. And But how much time do you want? Look, you, yeah. look, North Melbourne have been a great club, haven't they? But, gee, they, they've been down the bottom for a long, long time. They've got one of the best coaches, if not the best coach uh, ever going around. And, and um, you know, he's, he's working his magic, but it's taking a little bit of time. Well, Pete, it's not going to happen if they can't cop a few basic home truths and, um, you know, observations from people in the know. Um, it's not going to happen if they can't cop that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Last year, they got criticised a fair bit. And, and look, I was one who, who put them to the sword a bit because I'm not happy with a side that you love that gets beaten by 100 points five times and, and won by 170-odd points, um, which beat the last record, I think, uh, which I played in, actually, against Essendon at Windy Hill. We lost by about 150 points. Um, but that was in 1989. And, you know, you just don't, in today's football, get beat five times by 100 points plus. You can shut the game down. You can do things. And you've got to teach your players. So I'm a bit concerned about their development and where they're going. Um, that's probably the, the main concern. And then they've got more injuries, boys. I don't know if you've heard the, uh, Matt Finn, Finnis or whatever, the, the ruckman that come over from GWS, he, he's going to be out for up to three months, yeah, you know, yep, with a hamstring. Yep, so, yep. again, they've got all these injuries. And it, it just it keeps going and going, which is not good. And, and people need to ask the questions. I agree with you, boys. Mm. The, the back to just with the Harley Reid situation, with the club being so influential, I would be astounded if the club thought that him being on the back page for thirty-two out of thirty-five yeah. days or, or would would be helpful for anyone. Do they have the ability, or do they have the power, or the connections to give the the the, the, the sports editor the tap on the shoulder and say, "Can you just give us a chop out here, and um, can you can you give the, the kid a bit of space?" Well, you'd think so. Um, Andrew, I, I, I thought West Coast had a little bit of pull. Um, I think the West, uh, look, they're, they're a great paper, don't get me wrong. And, you know, it's, it's a paper like the Herald Sun over there and, and the Age. They're great papers. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Herald Sun or an Age would, would have one player on the back no. page no. for that many times. And even though we're a two-club town, we, we understand that. But you just don't need to do that. And I think, yeah, I, I, I think West Coast would have. Now, whether the West were listening, I don't know. Or whether they're trying to give the fans some belief that, that they're going to be okay and this well, kid's the saviour. Mm, um, but then mm. that just puts out a pressure on the kid, which I don't think he needs. Well, mate, you just calling it. You just yes. keep calling it as you see it. And uh, I'm sure someone will pick you up. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. It's hard to believe that... 
um, what's happened has happened over this. Uh, it all sounds completely reasonable to us. But we appreciate you joining us, mate. Peter Seaman joining us on the show. Uh, four minutes past four on this magnificent Tuesday afternoon. Uh, lovely to be here and a joy to be here with the captain of Australia. Thank you. Uh, let's never forget, um, he carried the flag for the 2000. <laughs> no, no, we can forget about that. When Move it on. comes to great Australian sports people, we are on a, on a daily basis. Lucky to be in the presence of you, Andrew. So, I don't You are that. the greatest Australian <laughs> that has ever lived. <laughs> just... I don't say that often enough. And no, I, yes, you uh, do. You say I too don't. much. I do not. Mm. And uh, I, I regret it when I, uh, when I don't uh, remind myself and others. <laughs> uh, Hayley Rousseau to join us in the last half hour of the show. Uh, Daniel Gar's about to join us in New Zealand Open, which uh, I've been lucky enough to head down to or over to New Zealand on a couple of occasions. We were down there. It. You and I we went, went we to went. the New Zealand Open I seven or eight years ago. Didn't know whether I could, my memory stretched that far as to whether or not you were there with me. I was there with you and you did the bungee on, jump. That's right. I was on the course uh, doing a bit of work and you were in the hospitality, Marco, on 18, just eating all the food. If my, uh, my Just getting some tips from the pros yeah. and just yeah. trying to sharpen <laughs> my own game. Uh, it's a magnificent event on a couple of spectacular golf courses. And uh, Daniel Gale is a young Australian player who just is heading in the right direction at the moment. He's one worth putting in your black book, and uh, he's going to be teeing it up on Thursday and into the weekend, hopefully going to be there when the whips are cracking on Sunday afternoon. And he's been good enough to join us on the show. Hey, Daniel, thanks for your time, mate. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Tell us about this weekend and uh, you know the, the lead-up to the New Zealand Open and why it is held in such fond regard by, by so many players in this neck of the woods? I want to say just like, like this is my fifth trip now to Queenstown and every every year it, it just blows your mind. It, it really is the best place on earth. I think just the purity of the air and just it's just such a magnificent <laughs> event, magnificent layout. Um, like it, it just fails to disappoint. Like the afternoons here, like you'll be driving back and you see Lake Walker Tipu and, and the mountains and Every afternoon, it doesn't matter how good the weather is. Like, it's got a different colour, different shade, different sunset. It's, it's just, it's just, yeah, magnificent. You just got a smile on your face the entire time. You're well, making my, you're making me. You are. Just, In fact, yeah. you know, if the golfing caper doesn't work out, you need to be on some sort of tourist show. Just the way in <laughs> which you were able to express, I felt like I was, I was there, breathing in the air myself. Well done to you. Uh, but it is a, a, a tournament. It's a fantastic tournament. I'm sure you want to win it in its own right. But also, is it, is it uh, how significant as far as you taking another step towards your goals, like? I see you're fourth in the rankings, and I think that there's potential uh, cards into the European tour. Where, what do you have to do in regards to not just for your own personal stake of, of uh, winning it and that glory, but also what lies ahead? Yeah, so um, we get three cards for the DP event, uh, DP tour at the, at the end of the season. So I'm um, Minwoo's leading at the moment, but he's not going to hit the minimum of four events. So I'm technically third. Um, like I'm fourth, but technically third. So I'm, I'm snagging that last spot at the moment. But um, this week is quadruple points because um, it's one of the bigger ones. So um, Kazuma's, I think, about 400 or so points ahead of me. It's and um, a win, uh, the winner gets uh, 760 points this week. So um, can make a big charge by having a good result this week. And, um, uh, yeah, no better place to do it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just sort of, you know, a good result this week. It'll put me in good stead for, um, you know, the finale event uh, at the National in a couple of weeks' time. And, 
yeah, hopefully can just keep making a charge up that order of merit. Like, um, just the higher you finish, the more starts you and opportunities you get uh, worldwide. So, obviously in a good good position. Um, but yeah, we'll try and better that over the next so, couple so of yeah. weeks. So further to Gazy's question, Daniel, where are we in terms of the season? How many events are there left to go? Uh, there's only two. So New Zealand Open this week and then there's a week off and then we head down to the National for the National PGA in a couple of weeks' time and then the season's done. So that St. Patrick's Day weekend um, is the end of the Aussie season and it's all wrapped up. And um, yeah, um, from there, we um, everything gets finalised for order and merit stuff and... Um, yeah, uh, our opportunities that we get, um, we all sort of get told that or like you, you sort of get emails here or there and like I don't know all the ins and outs of what, mm. how high you receive things but like it's, it's good Q school opportunities for later in the year, like you can skip some stages uh, the higher you finish and, and then yeah, you'll earn some tournament starts like through the Asian Tour or you know, um, DP, a couple of DP events here or there through the Aussie Tour, like um, there's some good, opp- great opportunities. It must be hard, though, when there's an element of uncertainty. You've got to play your way in to get to those points. How, how do you, how does that go about of planning what you're going to do over the next six to 12 months when so much can change depending on the performance on a weekend like this? Yeah, it really can. Um, I sort of just go with the flow now. Like, I was definitely a, a, a long-term or, like, you know, look-ahead goal setter um, in the past and, I want to say just having those expect or like setting those goals, like it, it sort of had that expectation that, you know, you want to obviously hit those goals. And if you didn't, it was a bit of a letdown or like plans change because, you know, you didn't play perform in such and such event. But I've just sort of been taking it week in, week out. Um, this season I've had a couple of good wins, um, but the in-between the wins, like, I mean, I just had this like nibbling rib injury in between that I got through, but um uh, that, that's sort of when my mindset changed with things because, you know, I really thought I was going to have a real dominant season. I mean, I'm still having a great season, but the in-between, it was, um, yeah, a bit mm. a bit rough. But um, I've I've persevered. I've kept working hard and worked, you know, made some changes. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back in good stead. And, um, yeah, I've been able to, you know, get back to my peak performance. It's, it's been definitely a very up-and-down season, but... Um, yeah, it's um, we're in good stead, and a couple more events left, we can finish it off. Well, the good's been good. Sandbelt Invitational, and then last weekend, and G- Gazy and I, you know, watch a lot of golf, Daniel, and it was a thrilling finish last weekend uh, where you got off the, uh, over the line against you know that young fan on Phoenix Campbell, and you know there's a, so many good young players in Australia. It's and you're one of them. It's great to watch it. For a lot of us, you are particular fun to watch because you've got very much your own swing and. In this day and age of kind of cookie-cutter approaches to um, the way a golfer should swing the golf club, you've got your own unique uh, kind of way of getting the job done, and you're obviously getting it done really, really well. Have you always had your own unique way of going about it? Tell us about the journey through, um, you know, the evolution of of your golf swing and and the product that we see on a kind of weekly basis now. Yeah, so... um so I've had the same coach uh, my whole life since I was nine years old, uh, Paul Latham. Um, so I've stuck with him ever since I sort of found a professional coach, you know what I mean? I um, started seeing it and having some time. Um, I, I want to say 
I've never been one to have a naturally looking gifted <laughs> golf swing, but I've always had good hand-eye coordination from playing yep. other sports, baseball. I've always been sporty, but uh, you know, I've always been a hard worker, and I, my coach has always taught me sort of the fundamentals and all that. And I mean, I'm still, I still work on the fundamentals, but like, no, I've I've just come to the acceptance. Like, I did, I did all the state team stuff, and biomechanics was it was um, all all the technology. You know, I had access to that and. Um, yeah, I worked my butt off to try and obviously achieve that sort of, you know, your Adam Scott golf swing and all that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I sort of realized it's like, it's really not for me. And, um, you know, I can still hit a lot of really good golf shots swinging it my way. You know, I just have to understand my little tendencies and what I need to do. And then I think my eyes really opened from my first trip to America, like their college system over there. Like there's a, I mean, my swing... I guess looks unique to a lot of people, but there's a lot of wackier swings out there. And um, <laughs> is that right? I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, they they get the job done. Like, um, like it doesn't look. Everyone's got their own unique swing. And I mean, you even just look at the way Dustin Johnson and John Rahm and those mm, boys yeah. swing it. It's like yeah. it's, it's very unique. You wouldn't teach it, but they are phenomenal golfers. And um, yeah, I just swing it my way. I got Daniel Gale's golf swing, and. Um, um, I know, uh, and that's the thing. I know it works, and um, yeah, I'll keep working hard on the little stuff that you know is going to make it a little bit better and perform under pressure a bit better, and you know all those little things. But um, um, yeah, I've come to the conclusion that, and just it's my swing. I'm going to own it, and um, yeah, it is what it is. With the that's swing, right. when it's and it is fantastic. I, I love everything about it, but I assume that that means a. A lot more work on the range when you you got to you know you're dealing with the, some of those things that are uniquely yours. But what's this? What's the strength of what your game is? How are you different, and how do you get to that next level with the tools that you're working with? Yeah, I want to say um, I like horse horse striking is definitely one of my strengths. So um, yeah, that was definitely proven when I played the Freem Open last year. Um, so round one, I led strokes gained off the tee in round one um, and was like a fifth in greens and regs. Like seeing those stats definitely um, assured that, you know, my good is like world beater stuff, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. You had Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, all those boys playing. And, um, yeah, I was number one. So, um, like, I know, my, I know my good is, you know, best in the world stuff. And, um, like... Yes, there's, you know, the odd... I, I want to say, like, I've done a lot of my grinding. I still grind, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but, like, a lot. the hard work's been done and now it's just sort of, you know, I'll still continue to work hard, but it's just... It's more like working on the little points here or there and just, um, like, I don't have to overly grind the swing to a point. It's like, it's, it's always just... It's sort of moulded into the same thing and then it's just the little things around it. Um, but... This se- I want to say this season I've really stepped up sort of my, I want to say, inside sort of eight feet putting range, um, and then I'm making a couple more sort of mid-ranges, and that's that's sort of taken me to the next step with a couple wins, and um, um, and yeah, the short game's just sort of getting that little bit sharper. I got a, I got mm. a full swing launch monitor uh, April last year after the Aussie season finished, and I've really wanted to dial in my wedges because you look at obviously Cam Smith and yeah. all the top boys and um, their wedge games are phenomenal. Like when you get to the the top of the top, it's just the way they control their flights. Even Kazuma, who's been dominating the Aussie season, um, I played with him the first two rounds of Castle Hill and he just flights his wedges so well, just controls the spin and the flights just perfectly. Like, 
and Castle Hill's got sort of, you know, little tears. It's my home track. It's just like, oh, this will be a tricky little shot. And he just hit the right flight, right spin that you need to obviously execute mm. for, for that shot. And it was impressive to watch, and, and I've gotten a lot better at that. Um, and then I definitely utilise that around down the stretch at the Hunter Valley as well. And there's a lot of talk about the, the, the changing of the balls for the pros. And, uh, that, that in fact, it might actually go down to the the uh, the club players as well. With those changes which they're talking about, that we, the, the players can't hit it as far, does that have any impact on you? Would that help you? Would it be a disadvantage to you? Or is it kind of irrelevant? So I've sort of read into it a little bit and... Um... Like for me, I'm I'm definitely one of the longer players out here. Um, right. So I've got it's a four. It's obviously a four-year plan or whatever. But I've got a little sneaky four-year goal. To, if I can get my ball speed up to about 195, um, so um, at the moment on course I'm probably 185. So if I can gain an extra 10 miles by the time they knock it back, I'll be hitting at the same distance roughly on the maps that I've read up. Um, Right. If I if I can if I can get to that speed, obviously, like like the long's still going to be long, um, but um, yeah, who knows? Like the way technology goes, like I'm sure, like obviously, the, you can you can only limit it so much, I guess. Like mm. there'll be ways. I'm sure there'll be some some way around it in a way, or like you know, like there'll be testing galore. Like we still got our launch monitors and stuff. It's like. Like I don't know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It'll be it'll be a little little bit of figuring out to do, but um, that's that's sort of my goal for the the dialing back. Um, just just over this next four year period, it's like if I can gain, you know, two, two mile an hour clubhead speed per year, um, then yeah, what's that? Eight over four years, and I'll be <laughs> I'll be very in very in, in good stead if I. That's like a, a mini goal of mine to sort of combat the um, the rollback. So right. real. We're talking to Daniel Gale. We could get right in the weeds here. Anyone who loves their golf, I reckon, would be fascinated by this sort of stuff. So you talk about Kazumi's wedge game, and you're talking about the extra 10 miles an hour you want at club head speed. How much of that, uh, particularly the, the second part of that, Daniel, is getting in the gym and, and you know, working on it there as opposed or, – or is it more when you're out on the course and you've got a wedge in your hand or driver, just letting it go, like believing – um, not worrying about the pressure at the moment, not worrying about the water down the right, not worrying about out of bounds down the left, just letting it go when the moment is at its peak. Where where, where do you find that that little bit more? Um, so, so are you sort of talking like um, like just going into sort of that free flow state? Like yeah, when, pretty when much. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, exactly what I'm talking I, I about. Wanna, yeah, yeah. I want to say. I mean, I've I've been working with a mind coach now for sort of three years, um, uh, and just that side of the game, because, um, and like I've seen plenty of videos. Like since Tiger obviously has sort of been playing less, and his son's gotten into it, and it was really good the first year that his son came out and played, and I took a lot away from one of his interviews where he's like, you know the the shot never changes. Like, no matter how many cameras or people or whatever are watching you, like, if there's a million people watching or there's you're there by yourself in the range, like, you've still got the same shot. Um, and, you know, I've worked hard on the, the mental side of the game and to get that free flow. And because, um, you know, I've played plenty of rounds with my buddies where, you know, nothing's on the line and, and taken it really deep. And, um, you know, I've definitely had a lot, lot of good rounds, um, 
in you know in tournament golf like don't get me wrong but like i feel like i'm definitely getting better at that free flow and not caring um you know it's tough because it's obviously you know your, your job and yeah. whatever like you care, you care so much about it but like at the end of the day you put the hard yards in practice and you know it's it's mm. you've done the hard work and and the tournament you know I, I try and make my practice a bit harder like i like a lot of people so that when you play it's um yeah, it feels easier. It's not mm. as easy as that, but um, and it takes a lot of work to get to that level. But I definitely feel, you know, a step up, and and you just got to believe in yourself. Yeah, um, spot on. Like, and you can't just you can't just teach that. It's just through exper- experience and trial and error. And like, I mean, you can talk yourself up as much as you want, but that can only get you so far as well. Like, it's just having that inner belief um, to get to that free flow state. I want to say. Now, nah, good luck. Uh, good luck with the tournament. Oh, Before we let you go, way. you spoke when we first started about all the uh, environmental stuff. Is uh, you get out there and it, maybe it might help you get to that free flow state. A bit of bungee jumping, or you know, some of the other <laughs> other stuff going on that <laughs> New Zealand's very famous for. Oh no, no skydiving or um, bungee jumping. Okay. <laughs> not not yet. Not Rightio. Yet. Maybe Monday. Maybe Monday morning. <laughs> might, when, you, when you got the trophy. It might in the help with that getting that no, free like, flow stage. It could help you too, Keith. I mean, you were you were unprepared wow. to even walk out on the bridge, so it was hard for you. <laughs> oh, that's hey, right. Daniel, keep up the good work. It's uh, it's it's fun watching you play your golf, mate. And uh, there's so many young players coming out of Australia at the moment that uh, we're happy to give a voice to and hopefully give them a push along the way, and uh, hopefully a few people to start taking some notice of golf in this country because there's a lot of quality coming through the ranks. Good luck this weekend. We wish you well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Good man. Good, man. Good luck. Daniel Gale, New Zealand Open. Middle He's our Golf man. Resort. He's a beauty, mate. He's man. our if man. Watch the sw- if you watch the swing, I've seen it, Andy. Very, it's uniquely his and it's uh, fascinating listening to blokes like him talk about that uh, evolution in their game. It's uh, 20 minutes, uh, 21 minutes past. So we're going to get a break out of the way. We're here for Berwick BMW. Committed to standing out from the crowd. Jump into your next mini at Berwick Mini Garage. Yeah, obviously, um, wasn't wasn't a good hit. So um, my my future's in the MRO's hands. And uh, yeah, first thing I did was flick uh, mark a message after the game. And uh, yeah, it's never never my intention to concuss anyone or um, hit anyone higher. I think I played a tough, fair game and um, obviously got that one wrong. Yeah, it's tough when you're in the moment, sort of those split-second decisions to sort of make a conscious decision to, to not bump. That's how the game's going to be going forward. And then we'll just have to learn to adapt. It's the big story, Julio. Uh, it is, boys. Yeah. Uh, so that was Sam Pal Pepper and also he's uh, Captain Connor Rosie. So Wednesday morning uh, tribunal, uh, this one mm. looks like Port Adelaide will push for three weeks. Uh, AFL will push for four. So we will see where we land with that one, but we'll hear that tomorrow morning. Well, we won't have to wait for too much longer, clearly. So um, that's going to be uh, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a line in the sand moment for 2024, isn't it? I mean, it, fe- it feels like it's got. A bit of that about it. I mean, he's going. He deserves to miss weeks. I mean, we've we've kicked that around, uh, but if it is to be four instead of three, it, it's very much a. Mm-hmm. Um, you ca- a would you be comfortable with four, or do you uh, think that's one too many? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I would. I mean, I, mm. in the I think I feel you know like I, I I don't disagree with with what Power Pepper saying. We had this conversation yesterday. I, I don't think it was overly malicious, but. Um, it's it's an act that needs to be got out of the game, and uh, players who players who who instinctively or willingly do that are going to be the ones that are going to pay the price, particularly when the player on the other end of it is knocked out. And you know, we, there's more news today about that. We we understand that 
this is an issue that's not even a looming issue in footy now. The issue is here, the impact of concussion. And, um, you know, it's going to be, it'll be more deeply felt as, as the years go by, I suspect. You're talking about the story in the Herald Sun? Yeah, now I haven't, I've only seen the headline of this. Gaze has been reading it, yeah. No, I have. Action. It's interesting, so what, Andy. What it yeah. is is basically uh, there. there is two... Well, there might be a number of them, but there's a different uh, actions being taken by various players. And yep. Darren Jarman, Jay Schultz and uh, Shane Tuck, they have discontinued their uh, action and to join in the class action uh, that's doing the, the um, Max Rook one. And, and, and the, in the Max Rook one, there are other players associated with that. So... Basically, as I read the article, the lawyers said, well, listen, we don't want to have all these ones being tried, all these different court cases, bang them all together. And yeah. that's what I believe that they've come to uh, an arrangement where they can they can do that. So it's and, – and, you know, the other thing that, that sticks out is that they're now saying, well, they're not going to go the individual club. So whether – I think it was Adelaide, obviously with um, Hawthorne, uh, Richmond with Tuck – they're not going to go the clubs. They're going to go the league because they've come to the conclusion, logically speaking, it, well, it's the the league that determines the rules for which the players play under. So they are the ones with the, the ability to make the changes. So there is um, some – it's an ongoing process that they're all going through. But suffice to say that there's going to be a very challenging period for the AFL. No doubt about that. Because the AFL, as I read the article, the AFL basically went back and said, well, no, that's responsibility of the the players, the clubs, and the staff of, of the club. So there may actually be some legal toing and froing between the AFL and the clubs as well. Yeah, well, I think Peter Jess, who, you know, is, is central to all of this, has been arguing for quite some time that the duty of care element of all of this is central to everything and um you know the the rules as you said before have been put in place and the clubs live within the rules Mm. of the game and the rules are changing now and there's you know we we saw what the ammos are proposing um last week that they're thinking about the mandatory stay away period of 28 days and this is a number that keeps moving and um i don't know I don't know where the statute of limitations kicks in here in terms of the responsibility of the game. Perhaps it was from day one. I'm not. I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand how you where the starting point for all this is. But at the end of the day, I think everybody who loves the loves their footy um, is sad to see um, the state that a lot of athletes mm. are in. And um, and if they need some help and their families need some help um, because they were, you know, playing blind, if you like, to, mm-hmm. to the, to the um, you know, the potential risks that they were putting themselves at by going out and playing the next week and training the next week and, you know, all the things we know we, we shouldn't do now. Well, I, 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 think I think we have to come to some sort but of solution. Uh, yeah, of course we do. But one of the things that sticks out to me, like even in this article that you're referring to, that says that uh, on the weekend, it rev- well, it, it commented that the AFL's defence for the Rook class action, which has now all come together, yep. was that the clubs and players themselves are responsible for football's health and well-being. Now, again, it might be me reading between the lines, but I think that this could lead to some 
toing and throwing between the actual clubs and the AFL on how in which they address this very, very significant issue. No doubt. Look, it's 27 minutes to five. We have to get to a break. And I know you've got some other stuff, Julio, but we'll, we'll just let us clear the commitments with the newsroom and we'll, we'll get back to this on the other side of the latest from, uh, from uh, those who know the news. Hey, Keith, just two, because um, we've had one text message. Obviously, we're talking about um, <clears throat> when we're talking about Shane Tuck. It, he's still involved in the class action, but it, it's being put forward by his widow, Catherine. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, well, that yeah. was, or just, just, clar- just well, um, clarifying for 471. Yeah. Well, um, 471 probably knows. Was it 471? 471 wouldn't have sent through the. No, Button. Message. Button. Sorry, 471. Okay. Sorry, mm. Button. Okay. Hayden. Hey, just uh, clarifying it. For, so we're just all watching a bit under... of Vision that uh, Jen. Yes. I think, uh, I, yes. At, at Jen2310 on Twitter. Who, who films every Collingwood session. She is all over it. This is the Nathan Kruger Vision. Yes. That looks like a hamstring. That looks like a <laughs> bad oh, hamstring. a bad run, Nathan Kruger. Really that's bad a, run. Yeah, that's Two games a, that's... last year, five games in his first year at Collingwood, both injury plagued, and he only managed two at the Cats. So uh, just because of lack of opportunity because all the good players they had. So it's a big year for him. There's a, yeah. I hope it's not a serious one, but, you know, there's a spot there. McStay out. Uh, Ash Johnson's been going well. He's shown a bit up forward as well. Reef beginner. So there's a spot there, but he just that didn't look good the way he clutched it, did it? No, it looks bad. And, and we, know, we, know how, um, we know how the coach feels about him. He, mm. I think the coach has got, a, has got an appetite to give Kruger some opportunities, but the body keeps letting him down, unfortunately. So uh, that that looks bad, and I'm sure Colin will be putting out confirmation of it uh, being a you know multiple week hamstring uh, at some stage in the not too distant future. They Shane jumped on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll t- it's obviously an emerging story, and there's the story that Gazy's been uh, bringing us up to speed within the Herald Sun right now about the consolidation of these <coughs> uh, actions against clubs and/or the AFL, seemingly the AFL at this stage regarding multiple players and their ongoing battles with concussion. Uh, Shane's on the line. Good afternoon to you, mate. Hey, boys. Andy's. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good, thank you. Um, just, uh, look, this situation's a little bit of a needle in the haystack. I don't particularly want to go into it too deeply mm-hmm. or debate anything, but I think that... Um, I'm not. Did you, did you fellas hear Jared Healy's opening monologue last night? Because... I thought it was absolutely fantastic and, and absolutely spot on. You know, he, was, he, he basically said that, you know, for the last 20, 30 years uh, that he's been aware of it as a former player and whatnot, that, you know, when he was in, involved in the, the player meetings about, you know, head high and making the game less less uh, combative and, and uh, whatnot, that mm-hmm. basically the, the players didn't want a bar of it and they didn't want to change and whatnot. So his basically wrap up, wrap up was, and I kind of agree with him. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And you can't when when you had the opportunity to make change, they didn't want to make change because, you know, they just felt it was watering down the game too much. But mm. twenty thirty years on, now they're still in the league because of you know all the, you know concussions and awareness around around those issues now. So, But mm. I think he's just wrapped up absolutely fantastically well. But haven't they made no, change? I, I agree. I, yeah, well, well done, Shane. In fact, Shane, you've won 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart. Get 18 holes of golf 
for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just 99 bucks. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. But haven't they, over that period that Shane was referring to, haven't they made some pretty significant changes? Well, they have, Julio. I mean, the game continually evolves. And, you know, we, we saw that as late as last year. And, and is Julian still in the studio? I'm here. He Sorry, I was just out the back oh, uh, talking to oh, someone. Oh. So I actually missed oh, no. that call. Oh, right. oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Just no, no, well, they, they do. I mean, they are. They are. The game is ever evolving. And, mm. and to, to Jared's point, and, and it's a really valid one, and, and, you know, Shane concurs. But, you know, maybe the information that was put in front of the players 30, 20, 30 years ago isn't what the players have access to today. And we know... Well, they, didn't I mean, know. they probably didn't know back then, no. Andy. No, CTE, they when, did no. we, when did CTE bob up? Is it not 30 years, years ago. CTE? No, not, no. Thir- not that so, long ago. No, so it's, it's probably a more recent understanding uh, of, the, of the deteriorating damage it can get done to the brain that wasn't available to players back in those days. Now, listen, there's going to be players... If you said to players now, are you prepared to... Sign a waiver and, and live with the risk. Uh, 99% of blokes and people who play footy are probably going to sign that mm. piece of paper. It may not be worth the paper it's written on, but they would sign it because they love the game um, but Andy, so very much. Andy, I think, though, the biggest issue that this is going to confront, yes, it's absolutely critical at the elite AFL level, but the 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 implications for this at the lower levels where well, you don't is, have the same what? level of medical assistance is where it's probably going to be at its most significant 100% now the players at the elite level the ones that are if there's a, if there's a payout to be had they're the ones who are going to be the beneficiaries of that all the families to a larger degree. there are for every one player who receives money having played at the elite level there are going to be Oh, I don't know how many. A hundred at, at suburban and re- regional level who are going, what about me? What about me? And uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Shags. And, mm. uh, and I guess that's the, that's the reality of the world we live in, that one generates enough money to launch this sort of class action, whereas for most of us, we're, we're doing it for the love of the game. And there's a price to be paid, a very, very serious one. Um, Nineteen minutes to five, Julio. I know you've got some stuff. Can we can we get Plenty. it out of you on the other side? Of oh, this? absolutely. I'm Lovely. here for you. Uh, we're here for Berwick BMW. Committed to standing out from the crowd. Jump into your next mini at oh. Berwick Mini hey, Garage. I'm Tanga. Julio, you're you're in and out. You're all over the joint. It's hard to get to your bits. You've got to get out of here because it's about forty five degrees in there the studio. Got... Why don't you put the air conditioning? No, we've on. got some thermostat yeah, issues. Some I reckon, issues. Ray. No, the joint goes to the pot when I'm not there. You don't even know how to use the bloody air conditioning. Oh, some, we try it on every on. single setting. Is some it other, even on? You so probably haven't some even Some others have it said it probably thrives when you're not here, but not us, but <laughs> others. Well, clearly, have a look at you. You're both melting in there. <laughs> uh, John's on the road before we get to Julio and his bits and pieces. Uh, welcome to the program, John. Yeah, thank you, boys. Um, look, with all this uh, concussion talk, I'm really concerned that um, the round ball game is not doing enough to protect players. And I'm talking about, look, you can't eliminate using the head uh, totally. Uh, but when, especially on a wet or a cold night, when the goalkeeper kicks the ball out and the ball spent a bit of time up in the air and uh, 50 metres away and the defender headers the ball, if that ball is slightly misplaced in, in the wrong spot, let me tell you, even if it doesn't happen straight away, many players are actually ending up with delayed concussions. Um, 
and uh, there's been a lot of evidence that's been thrown at a, the round ball academies, and I'm saying that because I've got a, a fair bit of involvement in it, and they refuse to actually present it to the kids because there's a there's a lot of study these days that are, a lot of young kids who who uh, head of the ball repeatedly um, do have cognitive issues, but the academies have actually failed to recognise it and to uh, and to, to give that feedback back to the kids. Uh, and, and that concerns me. Um, I mean, I'm not sure there's a lot you could do about it, but perhaps down the track, gee, it would be nice if they actually stopped the header straight out of a goalkeeper's uh, foot because I reckon that is the most hurtful. Um, I reckon that would hurt more than a right cross, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's my, yeah. my take. No, thanks, it. John. No, no, thanks. It's an informed view, clearly, and... Um, I thought they'd actually. There's rules um, in the UK, isn't there? Yeah, in terms of uh, uh, yeah, uh, heading yeah, the ball, yeah, in young I people. A, yeah, I thought that and they were un- un- uh, under here 14. As well. and, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but clearly John's of the view that not enough's being done. So um, it's coming at sports left, right, and centre from a whole lot of different angles. So mm. um, we'll we'll watch this space continue to evolve, Julio. Yes, we will. Uh, speaking of heat, uh, Thursday oh. in Blacktown, it's uh, predicted to be 39 degrees. So they've oh, moved dear. the game between Sydney and mm. Brisbane uh, back three hours, uh, which certainly uh, makes some sense. So just to fix us. Fix us. We'll be on air for an hour, hour of power, 4.30 now off the back of the uh, the cricket you call, you, uh, over you in New call, Zealand. You, <laughs> yeah, you call, you get on. Late afternoon madness. Hey, well, now we've given away some great prizes on this show over the years, but yes. uh, what we will be giving away very shortly, and uh, the rock, not the wrestler, the actual diamond, will be in here next week. We're going to give away an engagement ring. What's oh, worth $10,000 thanks to the team at Empress Diamond. So they'll be in here next week, so we get a good look at the rock. So if you're planning on popping the question anytime soon, jump onto I Can Win and tell us your perfect proposal plan and be in the chance to win. And the ring will be making its way into the studio next week, so we'll take a good look at it. Victoria only, full details and T's and C's are on the win page. A huge thank to our good friends at Empress Diamond. So I think Tuesday next week, we will have the rock in front of us. Well, so for, and you know, Victoria only, some people who listen mm-hmm. on the app and the WWW, they're going to be disappointed about that, but there's an easy way to remedy that, Keith. Move to Victoria. Well, that's right. Some, yes. some people were suggesting you lead the state during uh, the <laughs> pandemic. Well, more for Back you, you if you did. Mm. Back you come, I would have thought. <laughs> and our great friends on breakfast, you know Gary and Lyon have their own greyhound? Oh, really? Called King Eternal. Right. Last oh, Friday, placed third in Geelong, only 21 mm. months old. It's only a baby. Trained by Jeff mm. Britton and Angela Langton. Apparently got a lot of uh, talent. Third, third in Geelong. So third it's in Geelong. Yeah, start runs in the, the city. Well, career, isn't it? So, so what do we think? Are we getting on board? Oh, let's King get Eternal, or given the fact that they've had a couple of pot shots? No, I think no, we've got no. to hold out the olive branch and just, just we're branch. a team here. Branch? South Australian. My <laughs> mum was South Australian. Hold up the uh, olive branch. Branch. Maybe maybe Tim could do a story on Channel 7 and feature in it more than the dog, like his coach interviews. No, no, no. Have you no. any feedback about Wispy Watch? Uh, not I yet, noticed. but I'll, gonna no, do no. A, I'll do another one. There's Gary's, a, a couple um, of others to uh, assess. Gary's been keeping me up to date uh, on the um, on the uh, machine, and apparently, yeah, apparently Tim's not all that impressed with my aggressive uh, rebuttal. Oh, on the on oh. your text on your personal text. Yes, yes. Oh right, okay. So right. I'm I'm prepared, and I think we've got to be man enough to say we're a part of a very close knit team here, 
and we just don't need to be. Uh, you know, he don't made a, he made a mistake. Okay, I accept we. it. Don't say we. Uh, I love you like a brother, and I've got your back. But you are very much one out on this well, one. It doesn't say, well, that's a complete. You've just <laughs> no, contra- no, you've just completely no, contradicted no, no, yourself no, no. about the coffee stuff. I think you've been grossly misrepresented on their show. But some of the stuff you said about Tim's hair that that was I said probably a step too far. What do you mean? And, you said the comb over. You said he's a comb over man. KB. And uh, that's, uh, I think, well, that I was angry because I know, and I was cautioning you against the smirching. Well, you've got to fight back. Oh, you just can't be bullied all the time when you're 100% right. in the right. So, I don't drink coffee. I was accused hey, of something hey, that hey. I, I, I just did not I do. I know it's hot in there and you've got issues with the thermostat. Yes. Don't go taking it no, out. No, that's on true. I apologise. I apologise <laughs> to <laughs> one off the forty wings. I apologise to Tim if I just went too far. Before we get to the break, off the back of our uh, diamond ring competition, yeah. can my husband apply so they can repropose to me? Because the first one was a shocker. Yes, he. Prop- Does that well, mean the first husband was a shocker? No, or the, the first proposal was a shocker. No, or the first ring was no good. Mm. He cheap. Mm. He cheap skated. Oh. Well, you can apply. Four, well, six, absolutely two. you can. Let's uh, use some imagination and we'll see where we end up. We're here for Berwick BMW, committed to standing out from the crowd. Jump into your next Mini at Berwick Mini Garage. Go Tigers. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all happening tonight. I just heard in the news report about Michael Frederick, who might get a mention. Yes, he will. Your, uh, yeah, I imagine he mm. would. Well, uh, Ashley Nelson, uh, wonderful uh, hockey, uh, hockey roo, of course, uh, for Australia. Uh, now doing some magnificent right. yep. work for the uh, Channel 10 uh, news team over there in Perth. She's posted some vision of Sleepy Jai oh, uh, no, at training today, uh, who looks like he might be dealing with a right quad issue. Mm. Looks uh, a bit proppy at the end of a bit of a training session run-through type activity. And um, So just keep an eye on Sleepy Jai. Loss. He looked very good the other day. Three He's goals in, in yeah. real quick succession. Yes, but, he did. But why is – fill me in here. I've missed something. Sleepy. What, what's hey, – He looks tired. He's got oh, bags under his – He's got bags. bags. under his eyes. Yeah, oh, just, that's he not... looks tired. He looks like he needs a good kip. He's a wonderful young player. Yeah. We love him as a yes, player. Yes, we do. He, we looks do. Big, he looks bigger across he the chest and yeah, shoulders he's going to be – He's only going his third year, so he's no, a puff no, when yeah. it comes to key forward. Yes. It's only a matter of time until clubs, if people start posting this sort of vision – it's only a matter of time until clubs start saying, nah, no mm-hmm. phones. Yeah, true. Leave your phones at the door. Mm-hmm. If we're going to open we the session get to up, that. no phones at the door if you're going to be posting vision of injured players. Well, you don't know no. what's wrong. They might be just having a spell. They, you, how do you know that they're injured? Just well, no, they're be, there was a vision of Nathan Kruger today with hamstring. Yeah, yeah, I'm he, just saying that well, you can be. Are you going to have an open? Yeah, well, about, if you have an open session, it's an open session. And it's bad I agree luck. with you, Julian. Mm. I agree, and yes, I'm Andrew. not advocating for that. So, mm. but you know how clubs operate. Mm. Yes, that's right. Hey, before we, we get to our small forwards, yes, our dynamic yes, dimin- diminutive duos, uh, yeah, the hot yeah. property segment today continues for O'Brien Real Estate. Uh, if you're selling your property in 2024, visit obre.com. You know what they think adds value to a property down at O'Brien Group? Uh, a long driveway. Um, we're doing the Saints uh, today. Based on the preseason hype, which player are you most looking forward to seeing in 2024? The three nominees were Liam Henry, Matthias Philippou, and Darcy Wilson, their draftee, looked really good uh, in the first half against the Bombers the other night. But uh, Matthias Philippou has come out on top 44%, Wilson and Henry 28%. Okay, uh, right. The Saints uh, well, point of they, view. Got a, they got a few to look forward to, the Saints. Gee, they've, they've become the boom team all of a sudden after their performance on uh, Friday night against your mob. Everybody's jumped Just on the Saints the after that. A little bit, people. Geez, Tim Watson people. didn't hold back in his criticism either. Of the Bombers. I heard. I was reading no, an fair article. Fair enough, too. They were terrible. 
just said there was not one thing to like about them. Not one thing. I didn't get an injury. That was about the only positive. Mm. That's probably fair. Hey, so Collingwood, Essendon, Frio today. So Collingwood's uh, nominees, Bobby Hill, 33 last year. Lockie Correct. Schultz comes in, yep. 33 last year. And Bo McCreary, 17 goals oh, well, last year. you can't – you're not putting Jamie in – Jamie in – Jamie in oh, – so, You're not putting come. Jamie Elliott there you in. Go. He's not a small forward. He's a marking he's forward. He's 178. When has he ever crumb high? goals? When has he ever crumb goals? Well, Mark, when, lead, oh, Mark lead, Mark lead. Keith, please. Mm. No, I'm with you. The height, the height has to be a factor. If, yeah, 100%. If a, man, if a man happens to be small in stature but can mm. mark over his head. So you want Toby Green in the competition? Well, he's 182 centimetres. So, oh, so he's what's a bit the cutoff? 180 centimetres. 180. Oh, this is ridiculous. 180. 182. Do you want Jamie Elliott in? Well, I think he can. Okay, let's have him. So who's, who's he? Is he next to Schultz or next to Bobby Hill? You know, well, two. I, well, I Both way, of them. You've got the three. There you go, three. Either way, you only want two. Either way, it's a one-act affair. Duos. Tr- Duo is this, two. I know, but out of these three clubs, it's a one-act affair anyway. As much as you respect Mick Walters and uh, and the boy Frederick, who are your two? Who are your two at Essendon, by the way? The, t- uh, the two at Essendon will be Jade Gresham and Jai Menzi. Jai Menzi? How tall is Jai Menzi? <laughs> well, he's not very tall. Oh, I'll guarantee he's higher than 180. I thought Mac Welfie might have got in there. Nah. Yeah, he's in there as well. And uh, Owen Davy Jr. But uh, if you're picking two, uh, Menzi kicked 24 goals last year. And yeah, Gresham kicked 21. Uh, John Menzi's not very tall. Hang on. He might be Hang slightly on. over 180. Just if so. Hang on. I've got to find him first. I'll tell you exactly. Uh, Frio, Switkowski, Frederick, Walters, and young Emmett are the four. Oh, Menzi's only 180. Thank you very I much. I thought he'd be taller than that. So there, there you, you go. go. Gresham and Menzi for the Bombers. The and then. Uh, out of no. Switkowski, Frederick, and Walters, uh, who would the two be there? Walters and Frederick. Good play, Switkowski. No, you like him, but but no, the other two. But it's Hill, it's Hill and Schultz, Hill and Elliott, isn't it? They're no, I would the have two. thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So no, they're very good. They're so, right up there. So Collingwood progress. So and Collingwood and Brisbane, Brisbane are through. So ta-da to the others. Ta-da to the others. So tomorrow oh, we'll move on to uh, the Giants, the Cats, the Suns, and the Hawks. So Toby Green, not part See, of the you're, Hawks. You're are the Hawks are going to be excited. Well, it's your rules with the height. No, well, he's 182, so I would say no. But you're putting ja- Jamie Elliott and Toby Green play the same way. So if you've got well, Elliott one, in, you, you've got to have Green is, in. Well, oh, how tall is Michael oh, Frederick? Yeah. I reckon he's tall 180. <laughs> he might very he's well, well be. He's well taller than 180. No, that is true, but he's never taken an overhead mark in his life. Oh, that sort of defeats the purpose a bit, doesn't it? Oh. So you can be a tall, small forward. It's about the role. It's not about you? your height. Uh, your small forward position. No, I understand what you're saying. But... Welcome back to the run home. Well, Gazy, they've got one foot on the plane. The ticket is ready. No, they just have to, to both theatre on oh, there. Just have to seal it tomorrow night. The Matildas <laughs> when they take on Uzbekistan in the second of the Olympic qualifiers in the heat here at a sold-out Marvel Stadium. One of the stars of the show, as always, will be Haley Razo, and she joins us this afternoon. Hello, Haley. Hello. Thanks for having me. Do you feel like it's almost job done or you can't quite look at it like that with 90 minutes still to go? Yeah, I mean, halfway there, I'd say. Um, another 90 minutes and then hopefully we, we book ourselves that ticket to to the Olympics. No, it's an exciting time and uh, based on what we saw the other night, it looks like you're going to this game uh, overwhelming favourites. But 
What a contrast in conditions that you're going to experience. Freezing cold over here, and it's going to be a stinker uh, when you're up against it here. Does it? Does it, have you much adjustments that you've had to do? Do you change your your, uh, your game style at all because of the conditions? Um, no, I think we pretty much stick to our game plan. But yeah, in Uzbekistan, it was I think one degree and snowing a little bit as we went out to warm up and. Um, I've looked at the weather for tomorrow, 36 maybe, so <laughs> it's a little different, but um, us as Aussies, we like to play in the heat, so hopefully the conditions are a little tougher on them than they are on us. Hayley, as a team and Tony as the manager, how did you assess the performance the other night? I mean, it was dominant. It took a while to break through. Did you feel like, oh, I mean, a 3-0 in an away leg is a great result, but did you feel like you you left some goals out there as a combination? Yeah, it was tough. They were tough to break down initially and um, obviously we had to keep our foot on the pedal and just keep grinding. But um, hopefully this game in front of our home fans in Australia um, with the atmosphere behind us, we'll be able to be a little bit more clinical and hopefully put away some more goals. The World Cup is the big thing in football. It's the biggest sporting event in the world. Mm -hmm. And the Olympics, sorry, Gazy. Might, sure? might, might be number two. Maybe let Hayley answer that one. Well, I'm, just sort, just, of, I'm a... just sort of building it up and then okay. I'll see what the answer is. Okay. But from a, a footballing point of view, Hayley, can you compare a World Cup to an Olympics? Is Are they both as special as one another? Is there one just ahead of the other? I mean, I think you're right. In terms of football, the World Cup is mm. is the pinnacle of that. And being able to, to play this last year in Australia was, was extremely special. So I'd say both as special as each other. And we had the amazing World Cup that we did last year. So hopefully we can um, finish the job tomorrow night and then get ourselves off to a to another Olympics. Apology it's a, accepted, it's, Andrew. Uh, Apology well, accepted. Well, no, I think she's very neutral and handled it magnificently. Um, when you, you're up against uh, Uzbekistan, who would have thought – I mean, you don't have to go back too far to thinking – if someone had said to you that you were, Australia's going to be playing Uzbekistan and you're going to get 50,000 people to the contest, geez, you would have said, tell them they're dreaming a few years ago. It's, uh, it's an amazing experience. And I guess it's, when 50,000, do you still get a little nervous, even though you, you guys have had that experience quite a bit in recent times? Yeah, um, you're definitely right. Before the World Cup, it's probably something that we would have never thought about. Um, since playing in the World Cup and coming back and playing in Australia and seeing the way we've been selling out the stadiums and the public support behind us, it's been something I probably would never have imagined or been able to describe. But um, I think, yeah, definitely still feel a little nerves when playing in front of so many people. But always feel very honoured and like it's a very special occasion coming out, playing in front of the Australian support, family, friends, all of those we're closest to. So it's mm. it's it's a real honour each time, really. It's been Hayley Razzo, Matilda Starr, head of the second leg of the Olympic qualifier versus Uzbekistan at a sold-out Marble Stadium tomorrow night. Hayley, tell us about Mary Fowler. We were talking about this uh, yesterday, that uh, all the great athletes, seems like the game slows down when, when the ball's in their <laughs> possession and... She seems to have that uncanny ability as well that uh, she just always appears to have so much time, even in the chaos <laughs> at times of a football match. Yeah, there's something about her, isn't it? She is so composed <laughs> for, for, for such a young talent as well. Um, extremely talented. The way she manoeuvres the ball, the way she strikes the ball with both feet, it's 
it's incredible really but when in the game the other night when she was lining up for that shot before she struck it I just come off and was on the bench and I was like it's a goal and then hit the bottom corner it's just like when she has the ball at her feet and she's shooting you just know it's going to go in and what about you? We talk about some of the performances the other night. The, the story, and, and I'd be honest, I, I hadn't heard a lot of Michelle Heyman and what she's been able to achieve uh, has been quite some time. I think the last time she played was, or the last time it was six years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, yeah. and spent a bit of time away from the sport to come back in. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic story how she was able to slot in and um, perform very well when she got the opportunity. Yeah, it's a great story. I think you're right, and it's been five years and. Obviously played with her probably five years ago. Um, and she's just been scoring a lot of goals and absolutely dominating in, in the A-League. So for her to come in and continue that form, it was it was at a moment where we really needed a goal as well. So I'm sure it was a very, very special moment for her. But she's got her goal-scoring boots on and hopefully that continues for her. Hayley, have you bumped into any of the keepers today? Are they doing cartwheels? The fact <laughs> that Nike's now yes. selling their jerseys yes. and... Uh, all the girls and boys that wanted Mackenzie Arnold strips after the World Cup can now go out and buy them? It is amazing, isn't it? It's, it's funny. I was just at lunch with Tegan and she was so happy. And I said to her, you're on cloud nine today. You must have slept well. But it makes sense. Her, her, her jerseys are on sale now, so maybe that's it. We, we don't want to buy the goalkeeper's jerseys, do we? We mm. want the strikers and the wingers, nah. don't we, Hayley? They're, yeah, sure, they're far more surely. fashionable than the goalkeeper's. I- yeah, I agree. But what about your own experience and, and just seeing what you've been able to able to achieve over the last uh, few seasons, play some big clubs, Manchester City and then, then Real Madrid. Uh, with your experiences at Real Madrid, we see it here in the AFLW, there's a real connection between the men and the women. Do you still do you get that same type of connection over there uh, with Real Madrid? Yeah, obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world in terms of football. So um, there's a lot of security around the men's side at the moment. But we've been through a couple of events where um, both teams are there and there are some absolutely phenomenal athletes. And it's it's amazing to actually be even in the same room as them, sharing the facilities with them. So, um, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty lucky to be at a club like that. It's It's a phenomenal club to be able to play for. What, what is it like, Hayley? I mean, you're living, yeah. in, living in Spain. Like, most people would say Real Madrid is the biggest football club in the world. I mean, you came from a pretty big one, as Gacy said, uh, Manchester <laughs> City. But how, how have you found the league so far, living in Spain? How have you found the whole experience? Yeah, living in Spain is great. The sun's always out, which is nice. A little bit of a change from being in Manchester, where it was raining most days. So um, the lifestyle is really good. Team's great. Um, language is a little difficult, but I'm getting there slowly. Um, in terms of football, it's it's been great being able to play in the Champions League. Um, we play twice a week, every week, so lots of games and the standard of football is very high, very tough, physical, technical. So, so far, so good. Really enjoying it. How does it compare to the WSL, the standard and oh, the physicality? It's pretty similar, actually, in terms of physicality. Um, I think in Spain, the, the technical quality of the players is just so high. So um, that's probably the main difference and something that I guess is able to um, work with me and help me develop still even in my older age now. <laughs> so it's been it's been quite good. Is it generally accepted that when you've got to go and have national duties that they let you go with open arms and they're very supportive of that? Or are they a, a little... 
disappointed or reserved about allowing one of their elite players to leave their program? Um, well, we have so many players who play for different respective national teams. So when the international break comes, a lot of players end up leaving. So I guess they pretty much have to send them off, obviously, um, hesitantly, I suppose, in hoping that everybody comes back fit and healthy. But for me, on a personal level, I love coming back, playing for Australia, representing my country. Um so I I get very excited um, every time there's an international window coming up. Hayley, we're all, the whole country was devastated when Sam Kerr ruptured the uh, anterior cruciate ligament. How's she going? And in a way, looking ahead to the Olympics, unfortunately, you didn't get to play with her much in the World Cup last year, but I guess it gave you a taste of, of life without Sam Kerr in a major tournament. Is that, in a weird sort of way, the only sort of positive going to the Olympics that you have played without Sam in a big tournament before? Yeah, of course. It's it's heartbreaking and devastating for her and um, she's doing as well as she can at the moment. So um, she'll just be taking her rehab day by day. But for us, of course, we've had the experience of playing without her, but um, we miss her and we feel for her and it's it's tough being having a World Cup in, in Australia and home soil and her missing out on that and then, again, having this, this injury so close to the Olympics. So... Um, we're all supporting her and we're all behind her. And every every time we step out on the pitch, she, she's with us. So um, I guess she can take that away with, with her each day. So after the game tomorrow night, I'm assuming it's straight back to Spain for you? It's um, straight back to club for everyone, although mm. I actually get two days to, to stay in Australia and see my family um, because I don't play this weekend. So I've managed to be one of the lucky ones being able to see my family after. But usually, yes, it's straight on the plane the next day and back to the club. How many family will be there tomorrow night? Yeah, I've got a fair few. My parents, my my sibling and some friends are coming. So should be a good atmosphere. Now, you must be looking forward to an Olympics. Uh, Andrew Gaze, of mm. course. How many times? Oh, I went the five. And, and, it, and the full Olympic experience. It, well, where you, last time it wasn't the full Olympic, well, not Olympic in, experience. In you must be looking forward to just uh, an unrestricted Olympics and there'll be some other people around. Yeah, it was going to my first Olympics uh, in Tokyo was was obviously very special. But yeah, in terms of COVID and there being no fans and the Olympic Village was a little more secluded and um, there were just a lot of protocols we had to follow. So if we get the job done tomorrow night, I'm sure it'll be a little bit of a different experience um, for us going in this time. Nah, good luck and uh, beautiful city, of course, in, in Paris and you're over there and your squad is, is a little smaller than the World Cup and the game's a, a, a bit more compacted. It's, uh, do you, when, and when it comes to selection and those types of things, does that have any bearing on any of that? Yeah, obviously the squad's a little smaller, so um, spots are, are open and up for grabs and everybody has to be working as hard as they can all the time to be able to push for one of those spots, so... Um, we're all making sure we're doing that. But yeah, also less teams mm. at the Olympics, so hopefully more of a chance um, to be able to grab one of those medals that we're so desperately wanting. And no Great Britain. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, real shame. <laughs> uh, Hayley, uh, thanks for your time, Mark. Yes. Good luck tomorrow night, uh, as we say. We think there's one foot on the plane. Let's uh, bang plenty in at Marble Stadium tomorrow night. Uh, good luck the remainder of the se- season at Real Madrid, and we can't wait for the Olympics. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys.